Navy Federal has a mission to put members first by making their financial goals the priority. Receive a lifetime of membership benefits to help you and your family accomplish your life missions, like a full suite of financial products designed to fit your needs, 24-7 live support, and access to over 300 branches on or near military bases. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information or call 1-888-842-6328 or download the Navy Federal Credit Union app. Message and data rates may apply. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Danacy Football Podcast. My name is Danny Heifetz. I'm joined by my co-host and co-Danny, Danny Kelly. How are you doing, DK? I'm doing well. First week of the playoffs is in the books, and it was a crazy one. How are you doing? Uh, I'm great. I'm fine. Even though Mark Cooper did crap, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. What could go wrong? Just talk about him right away. Yeah. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Craig is smirking already. <laughs> Full-time Craig. You'll never be Craig. I'm so happy. <laughs> a lot of people want me to eat crow. And to that I say, one, I don't know what that phrase means. Uh, I don't really understand <laughs> it. I don't know what eating crow has to do at all with anything. And then second of all, no, I will die on this hill. <laughs> I hate Mark. No. You're dead on the hill. I, I think I died already. <laughs> I think I died. <laughs> so, yeah, fine. Crow is eaten. <laughs> Let's move on. I appreciate that. Play the Batman music. Let's just do the Dark Knight initial advice already. I have no time for this. Uh, my first guy, Ian Thomas of the Panthers, tight end. I uh, saw 11 targets this week, nine catches, 77 yards. Um, with Cam, he's got his sh- shoulder injury kind of happening. It, it seems like he's throwing underneath a little bit more now and thomas has been sort of that that underneath dump off type option i saw this per adam leviton on twitter who's a great twitter follow 61 of 73 snaps he played 42 routes run on 45 of newton's dropbacks and he lined up in the slot on all of those routes slot or wide on all those routes so he got a 26 percent target share he was all over that passing game last week um kind of has taken over for greg olson and partially even for Devin Funches, whose whose snap count has dropped quite significantly over the last few weeks. So he's just becoming a bigger part of that offense. I think he is a uh he's definitely a startable tight end option for people that are desperate at the position. And I know a lot of people probably are at this point because it's just a, a barren wasteland. But um yeah, I like I like Thomas going forward. You wanna know how bad tight end is this year? OJ Howard hasn't played football in a month and he's the tight end seven. <laughs> <laughs> Banned tight ends. I, I hate that. We'll deal with yeah. that in the offseason. But yeah, no, Ian Thomas amid that that barren wasteland is actually a fantastic option, probably for the stretch run. Uh I like him a lot. And then as you mentioned, Funches is getting less less targets. To stick with the Panthers, actually. Mm-hmm. Um I like Curtis Samuel this week. Uh he's owned an under a third of ESPN and Yahoo leagues. Uh, he had another 80 yards and four catches and eight targets this week. He took, He's taken more and more, I think, of Funchess's snaps. So along yeah. with that line he had, he also dropped a back shoulder throw in the end zone that would have obviously like added like more to his day. I mean, he's getting increasing looks all around the field. Uh, his last six weeks, what is this? 18 points, won 14, 11, 12, 10, and then he had the 80 yards this week. He's 10th in the NFL in air yards over the last three weeks. And the Saints are obviously a great matchup for passing. I mean, I think their defense is better in real life than it is uh, for fantasy, fantasy. <laughs> but obviously they're just like getting crushed in the air for fantasy. So it's a great matchup, and I, I like Samuel, man. It's kind of funny how the Panthers are just absolutely skidding in, in real life. You know, they've lost, I think, what, five in a row now, but 
can be kind of beneficial for the fantasy world. So, yeah, I like those two guys a lot. Moving on, going to the Dolphins, who pulled off the most absurd win I've ever seen in my life with the uh, the hook and ladder, last-second hook and ladder on That on was Sunday. awesome. I that love, was so crazy. I hate the Patriots. <laughs> that was so beautiful. I was watching that game on uh, DirecTV Sunday Ticket, and right, like basically after they made that field goal, I turned it off. <laughs> so really? I had, yeah, I, I changed the game because I'm like, there's no way they're gonna get this. There's like whatever, 17 seconds left. So I, I turned the game. I turned it to a different game. And of course, I missed like one of the best plays in the entire day. But anyway, getting back to the Dolphins, Kenny Stills. Uh, with Tannehill's return to the to the starting lineup under center for for the Dolphins, he's become he's turned back into their number one guy, their number one receiver. In Week 14 last week, he had nine targets, eight catches, 135 yards, and a touchdown. He's seen 19 targets in the three games since Tannehill's come back to the lineup. That's most in the, most on the team. And actually, in his last three games, he leads the team in targets with 19, catches with 13. Yards 178, air yards 265, and touchdowns with two. So he's the guy right now to have in that Dolphins passing game. That's not necessarily saying a whole lot, but I mean, at this point, I think he's a startable option going forward. They get they get a tough matchup against the Vikings, but we know the Vikings have been a little bit banged up in their secondary. So um, he's that type of boomer bust player where he can get you that like 100 plus yards and a touchdown in a game. And so, um, if you're desperate for for a receiver at this point in the season, I think Stills coming coming on strong in, in like the last few weeks is is a big one you can you can take advantage of. Yeah, you like Kenny Stills in the preseason. I don't know if he's quite like Ted Ginn level, your boy, but like <laughs> yeah, he's definitely right. your boy. At, at one point, he like totally disappeared. I think he was injured and stuff like that. But um, I dropped him even before that just because he was just so boomer bust. Well, they're but missing Albert he, Wilson now. They're, I mean, he has a different role in their offense. Totally. Like Jakeem Grant's out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they've definitely had some injuries, but he's filled the void. Yeah, no doubt. So, who's your next guy? Justin Jackson on the Chargers. So, uh, he got outsnapped by Austin Eckler on Sunday, but Eckler suffered stingers. Uh, and this is a Thursday game, so, you know, it's a quick turnaround. I'm not super confident Melvin Gordon's going to play in this game. Obviously, if he does, that changes things. But if Gordon misses this game, uh, Adam Schefter reported that it would be a tough turnaround for ja- uh, for Eckler to play. So that would yeah. mean J- Jackson is the running back all alone against the Chiefs on Thursday, or I mean, basically all alone. I'm sure they'll sign someone. Uh, that's a, I mean, it's a great matchup. The Chiefs have the worst rushing defense in football. We just saw the Ravens run all over them. I, be, I believe they're last in the league for DVOA for rushing. So... I mean, they suck, like <laughs> defending the run. And then even if the Chargers get into running uh, game, we obviously have seen Gordon and Eckler do uh, a lot of damage in the passing. I think Justin Jackson is probably, he's probably not as talented quite as them in the passing game, but he can still catch the ball. So I, I think he could be a huge play if Eckler and Gordon are out. And I actually, yeah. I'm, I think it's better than a coin flip that that happens. Yeah. I'd say it's probably unlikely that they're both going to play. He At this point, he's a must-add for sure. And then you got to kind of just play it by ear. And this is one of those things where Thursday afternoon, just kind of monitor what's happening with Gordon. I know he was warming up before the game last week and, and they kind of shut him down at the last second. So who knows what his status will be. But if if Gordon's out, like you said, if Gordon's out and Eckler's out, then this is a must start kind of guy. I mean, there's just so much volume in that offense. It's an interesting decision for the Chargers because on one hand, like they're going to make the playoffs. And on the other, as amazing right. as this is to think about, the Chiefs, after all of this, could still lose the division. Like, the Chargers win this. They are <laughs> tied. Their head-to-head is tied. And the Chargers could actually end up with the division. And 
amazingly, maybe, possibly, kind of the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah. Like, it's that is in play. It's funny now that the Chiefs, the Rams, and the Saints all kind of look vulnerable and not that good yeah. anymore. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's wild. But, so, I'm, like, I, part of me keeps thinking they're going to, like, preserve Gordon. The other part's like, it's a huge game for them, and their goal was to win the division. You know, they didn't want to just make the playoffs. So, I actually, maybe Gordon plays, I wouldn't be shocked, but I still like Jackson. Yeah, no, that that could be one of those like really crucial. <laughs> like this is like the second week of the playoffs, and you could have a, a bell cow type type of day from Jackson. He's still available on waivers mostly. So yeah, that's an interesting one going forward. Uh, Elijah McGuire, the Jets going up against the Texans this week. Um, Isaiah Crowell, he was he left the game early with a foot injury. He had already come into the game questionable with a toe injury, and so those two might be related going forward. If Crowell is out. Uh, McGuire has the potential to be kind of a, a low end running back, you know, like a RB two or whatever. Um, he had 17 carries, 60 yards and a touchdown last week, added three catches for 23 yards. Um, I mean, he wasn't anything special. He, he averaged three and a half yards per, per carry and half of his yards came on one 34 yard run. So it wasn't like he was blowing the world away, but he did get four carries inside the five-yard line. Um, Buffalo's defense is solid, so there's that kind of thing. I mean, the Texans' defense is actually really solid, too, against running back. So I think that's kind of the area that you can expect him in, that 17 to 20 carry, add a few catches, ho- hopefully with a touchdown in there. But, yeah, he's a, he's a potentially startable guy this week. All right, TK, before we move on, let's take a quick break. What do you wish for most this holiday? If you're like me, you want all Ws for your favorite NFL team. Unfortunately, even Santa cannot make that happen. But the Yahoo Sports mobile app can make it, so you can watch those games and more right on your phone. In fact, with the Yahoo Sports mobile app, you can watch live local and primetime NFL games during the holidays and all season long. Never miss big matchups or your favorite team in action. What are you waiting for? Download the Yahoo Sports mobile app and may all your football wishes come true. Unless, of course, your team is playing against the Giants. All right, DK, shall we hop into a waiver wire lightning round? Yes, let's do it. We don't know exactly whether you should start or sit someone, but we do have thoughts on a lot of the people that are going to be picked up and hot on waiver wires. So we're going to we're gonna give our takes. Thoughts. We have thoughts. A lot of thoughts. The first receiver core that I want to talk about are the Broncos. I mean, obviously, Corton Sutton was, he kind of had a dud in his first big game as the number one with Emmanuel Sanders out. And Deshaun Hamilton and Tim Patrick emerged and had pretty big games. Hamilton had nine targets, seven catches, 47 yards and a touchdown. Patrick had 10 targets, seven catches, 85 yards. And Tim Patrick actually led the team with a uh, 106 air yards on the day. So Sutton kind of was disappointing. I think that gives, gives room for either Hamilton or Patrick to sort of emerge. I still think Sutton is an interesting play going forward. I don't know if you can really trust him though. Um, So I think these two guys, Deshaun Hamilton, rookie, and then Tim Patrick, are potentially worth picking up this week um, and kind of monitoring how it goes because, you know, they got quite a bit more action than Sutton. Who knew who Tim Patrick was three days ago? Either of you? <laughs> I thought he was like a I mean, goalie heard the, the names or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Goodness, he's only been a practice squad player until this year. Uh, I, no, I liked him, though. I was, like He had made one of those plays where he caught the ball and then, like, he was shy of the sticks and then he got up and then he dove and he, like, got it and it was like... Way to go, Tim He's a Patrick. big guy, 6'5", 210. Yeah, no. I actually like him a little more than Deshaun Hamilton. I, th- I actually really was impressed with both, especially maybe it was just relative to how disappointed I've been in Cortland Sutton all year, but I actually really enjoyed both. 
At this point, are you willing to start either of those guys over Sutton potentially? Yeah, um, no. Yes, I. I don't. I'm so done with Cortland Sutton. <laughs> I'm so done with him. I'm. I'm. I'm breaking up. That's fair. The Browns give up the 12th most fantasy points per game to receivers. Yeah, uh, just after I got done talking about how the the Broncos are a little bit better than I think everyone's giving them credit for, they just get their asses kicked by the 49ers. I don't care what you're doing. You absolutely cannot start Tim Patrick on your fantasy playoff roster. How dare you? I've known him for for 70 hours. You can't do that. Our rule of like, will you feel dumb the next morning is Tim Patrick award. That is is cardinal rule. Um, Agree to disagree. (laughs) You know what really ticked me off was that Damian Williams of the Chiefs. I went to look in the Ringer League. You know who's Damian Williams? Bill has Damian Williams. <laughs> Bill knows and doing. I was so frustrated. Mm. Uh, anyway, sorry. I'm, so I'm still burnt up. Anyway, Spencer Ware tweaked his shoulder and left the game. He was officially on the, like, the Chiefs Twitter account said he had shoulder injury. After the game, Andy Reid said he tweaked his hamstring. I'll be honest. I have no idea what's going on with Spencer Ware. Uh, but that is also a Thursday game, so they're playing the Chargers. So that they're also have a turnaround, that you know, three-day turnaround for the running game. So if Spencer Ware misses that Thursday game, and I probably won't miss it, but like even if he's dinged up enough that like they split more carries, I'm very interested in Damian Williams. Um, I mean, he had like two touchdowns, and he had a huge game. I, I don't think that's a I think I think he's been a better runner. I think he's been a better player than Spencer Ware, whereas kind of more like the veteran, he's been around and he knows their playbook and stuff, and sure Kendrick West like exists, but um, I really like Damian Williams in this game, depending on Spencer Ware's health and kind of want to hear more from the Chiefs and hear how much practice Ware participates in. But I'd be very interested in Damian Williams on the Thursday game, depending on how the injury report shake out. Williams played 43 snaps and Ware played 41. And I know like he got banged up or whatever, but yeah, it's definitely interesting going forward. I, I think he's at least worth adding and, and same deal with uh, with Justin Jackson, just kind of like monitoring what's going on with the injury situation prior to the game. And from there, it's a little bit of like a leap of faith. Yes. But there is absolutely volume in that offense. There's there's room for tons of production in that offense. and Especially making a dumb decision on Thursday always sucks because then you have to live with it for three days longer. <laughs> yeah, and you just have sure. to soak it in like, this is going to cost me everything. This is going <laughs> to cost me my semis and my championship. And then you probably have money for second place, but you might not have it for third. Or at least like you get your money back and yeah. like that, you know, it's and then you have to live with that and. That was like Fournette and his six points last week. Like, <laughs> exactly. God, yeah. Everyone. Damn it. Yeah. It's <laughs> the perfect example. Anyway, so yeah, buyer beware and pick them up, but then definitely pay attention to what's going on with the practice reports on Wednesday. If there's any indication where's not playing, then he's a must start. I'll put it yes, that way. Yes, ex- precisely. Um, Craig, you got one this week. Who's yeah. who's your guy? Yeah, I do. Uh, Randall Cobb been around for a while. Everyone's kind of owned Randall Cobb, but I think it's time to, <laughs> to yeah. hop back in. Uh, yesterday he had. Five catches for 43 yards and a touchdown. And he's only played seven games this year, but in the seven games, he's had 49 targets. So he's averaging seven every time he plays. He played the second most snaps this week, only behind Devontae. So, you know, if he's reestablished himself as the number two guy, because Equinemia St. Brown and Valdez Scantling have been kind of hit or miss. You just said those two names like no problem. Well. (laughs) Say names is hard, DK. I'm full time now, if you haven't heard. (laughs) He didn't get promoted for nothing. Yeah, and uh, so they're playing the Bears this week, which I know sounds daunting, but they played the Bears earlier this year in... Cobb had nine catches for 142. Well, one of those, yeah. I mean, one of those catches was like the 55, 60 yard, like miracle catch, wasn't it? Well, yeah. You know, points are points, right? <laughs> no one's mad about that. Uh, and the Bears surprisingly give up the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers. So I think Cobb, for only being 33% owned in Yahoo, is absolutely worth like a flex start in the playoffs if you need it. Yeah. He's like, so he's more 
I'd rather start Cobb, I think, than like someone of the Dante Moncrief ilk or something like that, you know, where you're like <laughs> Dante really banking on like a touchdown or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I like that one. Daniel, who's who's next? I love the words. First of all, ilk is such a great word. Ilk is <laughs> like an elite. That's not quite as good as when DK said whelming, but um, it's almost as good. Uh, speaking of ilk, um, the Bills. So uh, LaShawn McCoy left the game with a hamstring injury, and then mm-hmm. Chris Ivory took over, and then he got a shoulder injury, and then Marcus Murphy came in for the Bills. Uh, this is tough. This is real tough. <laughs> We're getting yeah. deep here. This is tough. Now here's... On one one hand, I mean, yikes. And on the other, I'll say this. You know what? Decisions, fantasy championships, often they're decided by who shows up. And sometimes fantasy championships are decided by the Buffalo Bills third string running back. Sometimes this is how it goes. If you have James Conner and he's not going to play this week and you don't have any other option, I'm intrigued by Marcus Murphy if McCoy and Ivory are both out. If McCoy is out and Ivory and Murphy are playing, I don't know if I would necessarily touch this with a 10-foot pole because the Bills running back game is already so bad that like if it's split, don't even worry. I'm only even glancing in the general direction and with quite a bit of shame, I will admit, if Marcus Murphy is the only guy playing. In which case, it's it's no it's it's kind of like when you drive by like a McDonald's or something and you think about it and you feel <laughs> gross that you even thought about it, but like ah, and that's kind of Marcus Murphy for me. Yeah. If the point no- is, and I agree with you, Danny, the point is, I think you got to claim him now, though, and just kind of yeah. see how it goes, right? Yeah. So if he's still out there on the waiver wire, it's worth just kind of figuring out because if Ivory and McCoy are out, I this think that does make him start For people who need a running back more than a receiver and missed out on Justin Jackson and really, truly actually might have to play him this week. Did they make Josh Allen running back... Uh, qualified yet like can we just plug him in instead he outran uh kamara by the way <laughs> like by they like tripled him josh <laughs> josh allen Craig's so proud of himself he's the best running quarterback in nfl history it josh allen's like. averaging 15 more yards per game than dalvin cook <laughs> just throwing that out there oh my god i love it speaking of uh, um dante moncrief and that ilk you have yeah dd westbrook and that ilk I'm not going to say that I trust this at all, but D.D. Westbrook has kind of had a couple of solid games last couple of weeks with Kessler under center. Um, with Bortles gone, he has run most of his routes out of the slot. He's caught six pass, or Last week, he got six passes for 80 yards and a touchdown. When he was lined up in the slot, had a total of um, 15 targets, 10 catches, 113 yards, and a TD in the last two weeks with Kessler under, under center. And so... Um, I don't know. I guess Westbrook to me has has passed up Moncrief as the the guy that you could potentially start in that in that Jaguars offense. And I'm I'm still probably staying away from them overall. Um, they're going up against the Redskins this week, but uh, I had Moncrief on a couple of rosters earlier, just like a desperation play for the bye weeks, and and he actually ended up getting me a couple of interesting weeks, like double digit scores. But I'm I'm. Out on Moncrief, I'm in on Westbrook going forward. I cannot, in good health or faith, ask you to trust your fantasy championship window to Cody Kessler. Yeah, I should hope not. The carousel of of wide receivers in Jacksonville this year, the Westbrook, Cole, and Moncrief, it's like that, remember that time in Arizona when it was Jaron Brown, John Brown, and J.J. Nelson, and you just (laughs) had no idea which one was going to catch the touchdown that And did you pick up J.J. Nelson after like a 20-point game because he had... (laughs) And he'll never do it again. Yeah, and you're an idiot and you kept him on your roster and I never did anything. This is that version of that. Um, 
So staying but like away worse. is what we're saying. Crucially, it's a worse version of that. It's not the same. It's it's much worse because none of them are as good. And I mean, talented. I guess they had Carson Palmer throwing or whoever it was to them yeah. too. Yeah, every part of them is worse, except Keelan Cole, who I still love. I, what happened? To him? I, <laughs> I know just, he I was good. Why he started out to so Keelan well. Keelan Cole, man, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Speaking of horrible quarterbacks, uh, a worse one. I, my boy Kyle Aletta somehow had more fan who threw a pick on like his first pass somehow had more fantasy points than Mark Sanchez. (laughs) 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 I mean, Mark said, bless his heart, Mark Sanchez. He's so bad. So on one hand, that's tough. On the other, there's a really intriguing stuff this week with Washington because Jordan Reed is hurt from Jay Gruden. He said, quote, there's a level of concern. It's a pretty good strain on his, uh, his big toe. Jordan Reed's never played a full season. I don't believe. And I would not be shocking if he's out. Vernon Davis traditionally is very strong in the game. Jordan Reed's out. I mean, he's he's still got it. He's what, 43, 60? I don't know. I love that. But like, I love that the two best, two of the best players on the Redskins offense are Adrian Peterson and Vernon Davis. <laughs> it's actually They're both incredible. old as hell. Two guys who like when we did 2008 week, like before the season for like the 10-year throwback were like very <laughs> prominent like... Because yeah. that like that Mike Singletary rant was 10 years ago in October. <laughs> wow, geez. Uh, so anyway, there you go. Vernon Davis, you can play with him. You can coach him. And maybe even you can start him this week. If Just don't watch the game. <laughs> just don't watch. Kind of like how Jameson Crowder had like that massive touchdown when the Redskins were down like 30 points. Just don't watch. And Vernon Davis will get you like 40 yards on a touchdown if Jordan reads out. So I like, I like Vernon Davis. I do too. All right. Well, before we move on, let's take another quick break. Control Center by Cavo is the one remote that does it all. This holiday season, help your loved ones take control of their TV with the gift of Control Center. Control Center cleans up your home theater so you can control everything connected to your TV with one easy-to-use remote and stop wasting precious time searching for shows. Plug in your streamer, your sound system, your cable or satellite, even your game console, and Control Center handles it all. It's easy to use for everyone, even your father-in-law who can't get the game on. There's also a Find My Remote feature, so you don't need to panic if it disappears into the couch. The person who thought of that needs a Nobel Peace Prize. Control Center works with Amazon Alexa and Google Home, so you can even watch TV hands-free. Relax this holiday season and enjoy stress-free TV with Control Center. I got a Cavo. It is amazing. I have one, too. It's awesome it's sick (laughs) (laughs) i'm not even kidding you i i really love it like i had i have like seven remote controls before i got one and now i just have to like have i just keep track of that one it's actually really amazing i'm not even kidding shop now and get 40 percent off control center with promo code nfl that's 59.95 40 percent off the regular pricing of 99.95 control center is available at caavo.com caavo.com and Best Buy. Control Center by Cavo, one remote that does it all. Let's go into some overreactions for the fantasy playoffs because that's what fantasy football is for, overthinking it. And fantasy playoffs is to overthink all the overthinking. Like you guys just falling for Amari Cooper's trap that he's setting for you. (laughs) His record-setting trap. His (laughs) record-setting trap that you should not at all buy into. And I'm here to, to talk you off the ledge. Amari Cooper literally saved one of my seasons, so... I love Mark Cooper now. I'm dead on the hill and I'm proud of it. Uh, but yeah, let's run through. <laughs> I mean, there were a couple of just crazy performances this week. Obviously, Derek Henry. Deke, how did you feel about being compared to the Boonquake from Marshawn Lynch? 
It's not even in the same category, honestly. It was a very impressive run that Henry had, but I mean, the Beastquake was heads and, head and shoulders above that in, in every way. So I let's not no, yeah, obviously. That. I just thought it was funny because it looked like he was in slow mo. It was, just, <laughs> it was kind of the funny amazing amount. The amazing amount of stiff arms that he had in that run was like he didn't. He just stiff armed everybody. Like in the Beastquake, Lynch was running through arm tackles and doing all this other stuff, juking. But Henry just literally stiff armed everybody on the, so <laughs> on like a hundred yards of stiff arms. But it's a good example because like, what the hell do you do with Derrick Henry this week? So literally, if you just that play, let's say he's tripped up, you know, for a two yard gain there, like right there, that's sixteen points off the board. And like, he just had like this unbelievable yeah. day. You know, probably will stay the best game for any running back this season. And yet, that's just out of line with everything else he's done. And you kind of, I mean, here's the thing: either you benched him last week and you already feel like a moron. No, you shouldn't though. No, you shouldn't but have started. You shouldn't. Henry last no, no. Week. But there's no nothing you can tell yourself that will make yourself feel better. <laughs> I like guess. You can, there's. No, I, I was sitting next to Noah here at the Ringer who benched Derek Henry, and I was trying to console him. But like, it's an he inconsolable him or situation. He, was just, he benched him or continued to have him on his bench because no, benched- there's a difference. Yeah, like was he always starting him, and then this week sat him? Yeah. Oh, oh well, then that brutal. is that. Okay, all right. <laughs> Look, if the people listening to this right now, I, I, I'll be honest. I don't know what I can say. All I can say is if you have managed to go on and you still, then you know what? Life moves on. You've made a beautiful decision. This is just incredibly rude of Derrick Henry. Like, this is <laughs> so rude of him, what he's done. Now, what the hell do you do? I added him. I did because I have a hurt carry on he's Johnson. A, and what do I do now? Do I start Derrick Henry? Because he's going to have 14 carries for 58 yards and no touchdowns next week. I guarantee <laughs> it. Well, I wonder if he's like young, talented LeGarrette Blunt. In that he's actually just like the super high-end vulture who happened to get a bunch of yards. Remember when we did fantasy superlatives like eight weeks back? He was the catfish award, Derek Henry. He, he was the catfish <laughs> award. <laughs> Look where we are, Derek. <laughs> and we didn't learn anything because you're going to start him. No, it's like he's the ex who just texted you after you just got over them. And he's like, hey, what's up? That's Amari Cooper. <laughs> no. Don't you see what's happening? At, no, no maybe Amari Cooper. Yeah, you got back with Amari Cooper and then it's been going great. Man. Okay. Gonna, so anyway. are you going to play him, Craig, is the question. Uh yeah, I have him or Legarrette Blunt are my two options if oh, Carrie doesn't play. So it's got to be him. Well, those are your options. Well, I have yeah McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Carrie Johnson. Oh, I forgot you just ball and chain to Carrie Johnson this year. Yeah, he's great. So who who are some who are some other running backs kind of in his zone like that you would start him over this week like because everything's on the line. You talking about Derrick Henry? Yeah. So just give give a few, I guess like comparable. Well, you know who I'm I'm wondering if is like the perfect comp to this in terms of going up versus going down is James White. Yeah, because I'm terrified of James White right now, and I love James White. Part of me wants to just give him a total reprieve. On the other hand, I'm overreacting. I have him in the Ringer League. I'm a little afraid because <laughs> I mean he had what four carries for 13 yards, but depressingly he had. Uh, two catches for five yards, and usually yeah. all of his lines, he gets a ton of targets. This is from Graham Barfield uh, on Twitter. He said, James White's weekly snap rate over the Pats' last six games, 80%, 78%, 64%, 53%, 45%, down to 40%. Um, Brutal. I'm terrified. So Yeah, I, so tell me, why is that? So is it, it's Gronk has is, is become a bigger factor in the passing game probably, right? Uh, Gordon has become more reliable. Gordon, I mean, Gordon, I think Derek, Derek Klassen made this point on Twitter. I think he, he writes for Football Outsiders, and he made the point that Josh Gordon's return to the Pats was supposed to be 
at one end of the extreme. It was supposed to be go horribly or like supposed to be elite in Randy Moss. He's right. just been And solid. it's been very reliable and he has been getting touchdowns, but he's been very reliable and kind of the key cog to this. And because of that, no one's saying anything. He's like four yeah. catches, very, 70 yards. Yeah. He's been very consistent. So that has been a huge <laughs> change. Gronk, as you mentioned. Burkhead. And Burkhead. Burkhead. And then Devlin is getting the touch. Devlin's the, the goal line back. Yeah. yeah. This is so just very Patriots. Robbing from Sony Michelle. Um, so you, I'm. Uh, you're starting James White. I'm starting James White. At any given game, I'm he going, can have 13 catches. I'm going down with the James White ship. <laughs> also, he's just also a great bet for a touchdown. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm still going with James White. I'm still afraid though. Like, well, get so over your telling, fears, DK. I was so I I was telling you guys. I've got I've got at the flex spot. I can choose between White or Mixon, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to go with Mixon next week. If I don't lose this week, I'm actually only up by four points. If I don't lose because of White. Like I think I might go to Mixon next week. Would, that's the that's the point we've reached with the with yeah. the James White situation because he was one of my just absolute you know bell cows earlier in the season. It's brutal. <sighs> Returning to Derrick Henry, which was the original question, I have no <laughs> idea what you do with him. I have him in none of my teams. Like, are you starting Derrick Henry or Gus Edwards? Gus. Derrick Henry or Josh Adams? <sighs> Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. Uh, I think you have to go Derrick Henry. Yeah, and I like Josh really? Adams. I, mm. I like. Josh I think Adams. I lean on Adams, Derrick Henry, or Jalen Samuels. Samuels, because he got Samuels actually got more. Yeah, more what, love than I thought. What was he the would, target? Was awesome. uh, he caught like seven balls on seven targets. I think. Yeah, but also the the snap That's count right was absurd. Yeah, I just saw that somewhere. I don't have it in front of me, so I feel bad. But it, I mean, Stephen Ridley only had like eight snaps. He got that touchdown, and he got the, he was on the field for the fourth and one. So it does seem like he's the goal line back. I don't think that even matters. Jalen Samuels is clearly the dude. Speaking of the Steelers, how confident are you in Antonio Brown this week? You're too deep now. You have to start him. It sucks. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Like, <laughs> Let's be honest. You probably lost. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it because of how bad he played. I, I, I mean, my team would have gotten crushed on by. I mean, I have like Antonio Brown and James White and people, and I would, would have gotten just annihilated, and I was so lucky. But, I mean, yeah, part of me wants to – you're overthinking if Ben doesn't play, but this is what Roethlisberger does, and like he's going to play. And I'm always impressed with the people who can sit somebody who should never be sat, and then they actually have a terrible game because they knew something. If you've done that and it, and it works, uh, stargazing like, like Jared Goff, exactly. Like sucks. tweet the Dannys about whatever you did if it worked. And that, like if somebody sat Antonio Brown last week, they deserve something. I yeah. If, if you yeah, have, we'll retweet that. I, yeah, so, I actually. That's what you want. Deeply respect you if you did anything like Send that. Send us a screenshot of him on the bench. Speaking of which, Jared Goff sucked <laughs> in <laughs> the cold. This is the opposite of Crow right here. This, this is, is the opposite. Well, crow. I'm gonna. You know what? Shouts to Kevin Clark, who's not a fan of uh, us talking about Jared Goff in the cold. I love talking about Jared Goff in the cold. It's <laughs> cathartic for Turns me. out Instagram facts are very telling. I, I, we're going to create a metric, Craig. <laughs> DK, you facts. can get in on this. This is Craig's invention, but I'm going to steal it because we're the hosts. And <laughs> <laughs> quarterbacks who don't have any Instagrams in like even like a jacket, <laughs> well, n- don't play them on the road when they're in the cold, ever. Jared Goff. No Instagrams, all like the beach to cold ratio. There was no ratio at it's all. Insane. It was ten to zero. Yeah, that's more important than TD interception ratio. In my <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, well, look, none of those stats are sticky, right? That's the huge thing. Is mm-hmm. what stats are sticky? What actually are predictive of future value? You know what? Being a wimp in the cold. So Evan Silva tweeted this. Uh, 
like not much after the pod came out when we were talking about it. They said Jerry Goff, born in California, played at Cal, plays pro ball in LA, has small hands. Small little, little dig. No, wait, if you're that's can we, is there any <laughs> way we can that Stephen A. Smith rant about Kwame Brown when he's like He has small hands, he can't catch the ball. <laughs> but in those two games where he's played in sub thirty degree temperatures, he's been horrible. Three three hundred and eighty yards in two games, no it. touchdowns, five picks. Well, here's the point. Horrible completion percentage. They're hosting there. the Eagles this week. The Eagles uh, suck, and their cornerbacks are disastrous. They've had a lot of injuries, and they have one of those cornerback situations that I, I couldn't make up names, and you'd have no idea who's real and who plays for them. Uh, and now I think that he's gotten the cold weather stuff out of him. I think he's probably a fantastic play again. So I would not freak out if you have Goff. Probably a good probably top three guy. Probably a good daily start, too, because you know he might be cheaper now. You know, There you go. There it is. Uh, speaking of the Eagles, let's just widen the gaze here. Are you going to start anybody on the Eagles offense <laughs> this week? Besides Ertz? Yeah, besides Ertz. I mean, like, I'm getting to the point where, like, even Alshon Jeffrey and Golden Tate, neither of them apparently can have a good game in the same day. Jeffrey had nine targets, six catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown last week. And Golden Tate was basically shut out. So basically, my question is, are you trusting anybody in the Eagles offense other than Ertz? I'm probably starting Tate or Alshon if I have them. To be honest. Yeah? Yeah. I think if you have them, they're the second or third wide receiver that you drafted. And unless you had a nice waiver wire season, you're probably starting them. Yeah. Man, it's tough though. Like I'd start either of them over Josh Reynolds. Yeah. No, I, that's true. Is that a shot at my guy, Josh Reynolds? <laughs> who's been terrible? Directly at him, yeah. Um, I probably believe a little more in Tate than Jeffrey for this week. But I don't like either and I... I definitely don't like either against the Rams, honestly. This was Alshon's first game with 50 yards or a touchdown since week seven. Yeah. I, it's one of those, I feel like you figured out a better option. I, feel, I hope that neither of those guys are your best receiver. I yeah, certainly right. hope so. I've, I've, had, I've had, so just in one of my leagues, I've had Jeffrey on the bench for like seven weeks and I'm not taking him off the bench at this point. I do believe in not getting tricked by the one game thing. Like if somebody's been bad for five weeks, they have a great next week. That doesn't mean anything. Like, it's Derrick Henry. Like, I was just going to say, you're subtweeting Derrick Henry. 100%. Yeah, well, speaking of reacting, like, if you have watched the Eagles the last three weeks, basically, since the Saints game, I don't think you can have a ton of confidence in any of these guys. If you're hoping for, like, upside, and the, I think Alshon Jeffrey's the upside play, like, he's touchdown dependent. Like, you hope he gets a long touchdown. Um, I am not confident in any of these dudes, honestly. They're kind of, not desperation, it's not, that's too much. And but, add like, Josh Adams to this list, too. Yeah. Sadly. No, I'm, I'm with you guys, though. I think overreacting in general is just probably a bad idea at this stage in the game. But there's there's certainly specific, you know, there's specific scenarios where you could change my mind. But for in general, yeah. Last overreaction. A question posed to me this morning by Riley McAtee of TheRinger.com. Overreaction City. Saquon Barkley's the number one overall pick in fantasy next year. That's not that crazy. All right, no, I just wanted to ask you because I love Saquon. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Well, it probably goes Gurley and Saquon. So that's the number two overall pick. I don't know. Counting is a little difficult. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, then you guys I guess gonna no. I'd still you're probably turn have Craig into Gray. Jim here pretty soon. I took Saquon at two in our league, just to let you know. There it is. Jim, Jim coming in hot. That's great. Jim knows what he's doing. That's true. That's all the time we have. Worst of luck to you, UK. Best of luck to everyone. Hopefully you make your fantasy championships. Thank you, DK. Thank you, full-time Craig. Thank you, Jim. See you, DK. See ya.
Navy Federal has a mission to put members first by making their financial goals the priority. Receive a lifetime of membership benefits to help you and your family accomplish your life missions, like a full suite of financial products designed to fit your needs, 24-7 live support, and access to over 300 branches on or near military bases. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information or call 1-888-842-6328 or download the Navy Federal Credit Union app. Message and data rates may apply.